Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. So this is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is the multi-award-winning author, Marianne K. Martin. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Anita. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Great, great. And and how are things in the Midwest? We are still locked down to a certain extent. Um, we're in Michigan. Okay. And yeah, and uh, we have a really, a really good governor. She's a pit bull and she just, you know, they stormed the Capitol and everything, trying to get her to open everything up way early. And yeah, I saw she just that. basically, yeah, she just held her place and said, uh-uh, nope. Good. So we're, we're we're supposed to open up a little bit this week, and we'll see how things go. But the numbers are going down, so we're not as nervous as we were. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Pennsylvania, and I'm in one of the uh, most eastern um, counties, and we're still um, in the yellow zone. They our governor divided us up into you know red, yellow, and green, and I think we're supposed to, we have to have 14 days without any um, significant cases and then we can move into green. So, Ah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, you know, still, still going to hunker down and not go anywhere. I don't think so. So, you know, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're, we're doing the same thing. Yep. Yeah, it seems better like, to be safe, right? And it seems like the states that have opened um, are experiencing a spike in cases. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. well, yeah. well, I'm glad that you're well, Marianne. And uh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, are you are you writing while we're in this pandemic? I'm trying, but you know, with the politics and the, the virus on top of that. My mind is just not focusing well right now. I can it's understand bad. that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying. I am trying, but I'm I'm not uh, focusing as well as I should be. So yeah, and today is a historic day for us, right? Oh, it's wonderful! I was going to tell you, Happy Pride Day. Well, thank you. The same to you. This is this yes. is great. This is um. I, you know, I after the announcement on Friday from the um, Trump administration, I just couldn't be more pleased today. Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, praise the court. <laughs> and, and just the the numbers. I think what what was it six to three? Uh, yeah. Vote, which you know just really says, hey, we we are moving in the right direction here. You know. Um, exactly. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. So it's a great, great night mm-hmm. to celebrate. It is. It truly is. So, um, Marianne, tell us, and um, by us, I mean me and my our listeners, um, how um, how many books have you written today? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that question. I think, I think I'm working on 13 right now. Wow, that's fantastic. And um, well, I'm, but I'm slow. I'm a, I'm a slow writer. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, some authors that, you know, I, I bow to them at times because they, you know, they concentrate, they get their book out and, and they're doing like one and two a year. And I'm thinking, "Mm, 
if I get one out in 18 months, I'm doing really well. So, so do you do this full-time? Is this like a full-time gig for you? Um, or do you have a, a day job um, and do this part-time? Well, I, I, um, I used to teach, but after I left teaching, um, I, I tried to get published, which was successful eventually. And, um, but shortly after that, um, I, I worked with Kelly Smith and we started a publishing company. And so I'm now like founder, one of the founders and part owner of uh, Bywater Books. So I have that responsibility and and then the last uh, three years I've been working on, actually it's going on four years, I've been working on a documentary of uh, chronicling our, our uh, lesbian history, our literature history, and it's called In Our Word, In Her Words. And um, it's, it's about to be completed. We're just working on the final tweaks of it and everything. And so that has taken up a lot of time as well. So I'll bet. Yeah, I'm not really, you know, focusing entirely on writing. <laughs> wow, that is uh so so that is like like a, a chronological, like historical piece then? Yeah, it, it chronicles the uh, most impactful um lesbian literature starting in like nineteen twenty and coming up to two thousand. So we're we're covering the the basically the most of the 20th century literature, and we are we interviewed um, the women that are that are still writing and still with us, um, and then <clears throat> well actually Sandra I don't know if you know who Sandra Moran is um, yeah. Sandra and I started this yeah we started this um, just that well, we did a, a presentation we we did a little historical presentation together and um we liked it so much we wanted to do more with it and then we had just lost uh, Nancy Garden who wrote Annie on my mind and <clears throat> it was sudden nobody expected it she's too young to die um you know very talented woman had fought the banning fights and everything and and here suddenly we lose her and so Sandra and I started talking about it and it was like, now is the time to get these people on film, get them talking about their work and, and what was behind their work and the struggles that they had and, and the impact that, that their work had on our society as a whole. Yeah. And um, so we just dug in and, and then of course we lost Sandra not long after that. And so I ended up with um, Sandra's wife at the time uh, Cheryl Pletcher and I started uh, working together on it because we wanted to, to finish the dream that we'd started. And um, we ended up with a really fantastic filmmaker, Lisa Marie Evans, and, and bingo, we started going at it and it's almost done. So it's it's going to be one of the, uh, it's going to be not just entertainment, but more educational um uh, resource for like uh, the colleges and universities and study groups and and things like that, as well as just good education for readers, you know, for reading groups and things like that. Yeah, that's great. That is yeah. amazing. I bet you that that probably took up so much time and just research alone. It did. Yeah, it did. Um, and we're still there's still some things left to do, but um, the big majority of it is done and. Uh, then in distribution will be next, you know, getting it out there and 
Um, but, but it was fantastic, you know, to hear, well, just as, as your listeners like to hear from the authors themselves. Mm-hmm. It's just such a nice thing because they're there right in front of you on film talking about their work. And some of them have had some major health issues that, you know, we put them at the top of the list. And it's like we get to them now. Yeah. And, you know, don't take a chance on them getting ill or, you know, something happening to them. And yeah, and what what fantastic interviews, though. I, I was just I was so pleased. Oh, and, and they were so, you know, willing to, to jump in and do whatever they could to get it going. Wow, that's so exciting. And that must have yeah. been such a just such a cool project to work on too to meet all these people and talk to them mm-hmm. about you know their their journey into lesbian literature and ah oh, that's so cool well absolutely yeah and, and the the um the conversations that a lot of their work prompted into our in, in our communities and our especially our uh literature community you know people talking about things and and getting into our actually big fights and arguments and stuff within the community. Um, Rita Mae Brown, you know, uh, had a couple of classic, I, I can't quote her right now, but it was a classic. Uh, her um, character said, basically got started a, the Butch Femme uh, discussion within our community. Um, you know, the whole attitude of if I want a man, I'll go, you know, uh, if I wanted a man, I'd go date a man. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole argument got started right around the time that that she put that out there, and and she was really active in the uh, the whole movement, all of the movement of uh, women's rights and lesbian rights and the lavender menace and all of the things that were going on then. And she was right in the middle of it. So when she wrote this, I mean, she just stirred them up, <laughs> and. It, it was. It's great to hear them talking about the things that they did, you know, and wow. um, yeah, and you know, and Annie on my mind, my God, they burned that book, they stole it out of the library so people couldn't read it, and they, they just, it was basically banned and censored, and wow. you know, what an innocent little book. I mean, there wasn't even any sex or anything in it. Hmm, yeah, it was. I've not read it. it Oh, you must. Okay. Oh, you absolutely must. Okay. It's it's the it's a classic. I mean, it is. That's why we covered it in the documentaries because it is uh, one of the very first young adult um, books that has. It's all you know, lesbian themed and lesbian characters and what these young girls are going through and everything. And they they didn't have anything to read up until that point that really spoke. To them personally. Yeah. What year so, was that published? I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. Oh, goodness. Just even approximately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to remember and I'm thinking, I'm thinking it was in the 80s, but I'm not positive. Okay. We covered so many, so yeah. many. Now I can't remember, I can't remember the exact dates, but it, it went through a lot of, uh, like I said, the, and and um, Heather has two mommies. Oh yeah, followed that up in the nineties. Now that was uh, uh, Leslie and Newman. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, I mean, goodness gracious, they tore that poor little book apart too. Yeah, she. Um, I interviewed her, and she she talked about that, and um, that was 
that was astounding to me that she had to go through that. Um, you know, I would have thought we were more evolved at that time. <laughs> yes. It's surprising, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Um, so when yeah. when will this documentary be out? When can we expect it? Um, let's see. We're finishing up. In fact, we have a meeting Thursday. We're finishing up the, the tweaks with the music and everything. And um, we're viewing it for the first time in its entirety when it was all, it's been all tweaked. <clears throat> and um, then next we've got to worry about getting distribution money and getting it where we need to get it, uh, get it into film festivals and things like that to get some exposure. So I'm guessing it'll be another six months probably mm-hmm. until it's ready to get out there and get viewed. Mm-hmm. And and which we should stay in touch because um, we probably will be doing uh, – like study groups or, or um, reading groups and things like that that might want to view it, um, you know, within their groups and stuff. So oh, that yeah. might be something you could do later, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd love to. That'd be great. That'd mm-hmm. be really, really awesome. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That's so cool. Good, good. Yeah, yeah I think you'll make it. So, um, Marianne, you said that um, you started... Uh, writing after you retired from teaching? Did I hear that right? Well, I started trying to get published. Okay. Um, I'd always, yeah, I'd always written, okay. you know, I'd, like in school, you know, all the way through, all the way through high school and college, whenever they would give you an option of an oral presentation or a written assignment, I would take the written assignment. And okay. I I just always was writing little stories or essays or um, whatever, and and then I started um, I started needing to write as therapy basically because I was a public school teacher for twenty five years. And <laughs> it just takes <laughs> its toll. First of all, yeah, yeah, no no money and major stress. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, for me, it was writing. I just. I wrote down a lot of the, I wrote the challenges and then I was trying to solve the challenges and, you know, and, and of course that was an outlet for me too, because I was so closeted as a teacher that that's, I think only second to the, to uh, the religious sex, you know, as, as far as being closeted and everything. And so I, um, I didn't have any outlets. Uh, I couldn't be seen in a bar. I couldn't be seen, you know, yeah. anywhere close by. So, you know, I would I would write out all my frustrations and everything, and then solve all those things in the books. And so finally, my I, I ended up leaving teaching early. I retired early, and and then uh, my partner kept saying, "Yeah, you, should, you know, I really love the stories. Why don't you try and get them published?" And, and I thought, well. This won't happen, but I'll try, you know. So mm-hmm. I <laughs> I sent one of them out. Uh, I had written a couple books by then, and I sent one out. And it got rejected by the smaller presses, um, like Cleus and um, Rising Tide and some of the old presses that were there for a while, um, but were quite small. Mm-hmm. And she said, just send it to Nyad, just send it to Nyad, because that was the biggest press. And I said, well, yeah, that's not going to happen. And so then I looked up their requirements and everything, and they had um, extremely strict 
word count and page count. Really? And so, yeah, oh yeah, 60,000 words and no more, and not one more. Wow. I mean, it was tight, 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 tight. And I mean, it was a it, it was a business marketing tool that worked for them. Yeah. Um, Money wise, she had it figured out, and and so that worked. But for us, I mean, for most writers, it's like you don't want to be limited like that. But um, so I picked the one that I thought I could pare down, and and I sent that off and. Uh, I don't, yeah, well, I know one of your questions was, how did that get, how did that happen? And yeah. Yeah, so I might as well just, I sent it off, and and they had readers um, that read for the press, um, and they had a form and everything, so <clears throat> you'd send your manuscript to one of the readers, and they would read it, fill out the form, give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and send it back to Barbara Greer, and so when she got that back, it was a thumbs up. And so then you get the call from Barbara, which always makes your knees weak. It was, it was <laughs> to hear her voice on the other end of the phone was like, oh, just sit down because you're going to be shaking the whole time if you don't sit down. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, she was really something. Wow. So then she called me and she said, okay, I know you can write, but I have some questions. And I'm like, okay. So the, the book was Legacy of Love was the first one. And it has Native American character. And she said, okay, first of all, where'd you get that name? I named her Sage Bristow. And she said, where'd you get that name? Because that's an odd name and I don't want any problems if it's somebody's name that's going to be identified and blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, no, it's not. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> So it was my neighbor. It was one of my neighbors. And um, she's like, does she look anything like the character? I said, no, no, not at all like the character. So that, so then she said, okay, now you're talking about spirituality here, um, which is a big part of a Native American culture. Mm -hmm. And, and she said, how many, how many words in this book refer to that section, to that um, uh, spirituality of that character? I said, I don't know. And she said, well, count them. Oh, my goodness. And I said, seriously? <laughs> I mean, I'm nervous as hell as it is. And she's like, count the words. And um, and I said, oh, okay. Um, she said, I'm going to call you at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I want that answer. And she said, and also I want to warn you that your character is not blonde and blue-eyed. And I said, No. And she said, well, we're taking a big risk here because that's the popular vision that is out there, and that's what's going to sell books. And I said, uh, there's no way I can make this character blonde and blue-eyed. I'm sorry. Yeah. And she said, well, I'm just warning you. <laughs> and so then, so then at 8 o'clock, sure, right on the spot, 8 o'clock, she calls me and she says, so how many words? And I had, actually, I had counted them. And it was less than, it was less than 1% of the book, oh, wow. you know, and yeah, she had to have, she said, I don't trust those, uh, when you, when you hit the, the word count and stuff on your computer and it gives you a word count of what you've got so far. And she said, I don't trust that. So I want you to count them. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. So I did, I did. And, oh, and so anyway, I gave her the numbers in the morning. She said, 
well, okay. She said, um, we'll be publishing that book. And I thought, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. That's amazing. So that's, she said, that's how that happened. She seems like, was she kind of gruff? She was very gruff, yeah. but she uh, very businesslike and mm-hmm. very gruff, but um, but really a, a genius as far as business goes. She really, no, none of those other presses were a, ever able to do what she did. No, that was you know, like, she, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's hard. I mean, how do you make money selling uh, literature, first of all, that had to be um, advertised on a, on a, secret mailing list i know i was you know i was just thinking that like she did not have like all the uh the marketing you know you know access that you have today definitely not right Um, and buying those books my god i remember uh going down to new hope pennsylvania uh (laughs) and you know they had a um a gay bookstore down there and um, it, you know, or, or up in Provincetown, like, but those uh-huh. were like the only places yeah. or, or Giovanni's room in Philadelphia, you yeah. know, but, uh, yeah. You, yeah. you know where I found when I was in college, where I found new, people every, everywhere called them those books, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they were at the airport, and, but it was an old, yeah, it was an old airport by my college by, uh, in Ypsilanti, Michigan here. Um, and it, it originally was the airport for the um, bomber plant. Wow. And then after they did all the transformations and after the war, they, you know, they ended up uh, making cars instead. And and the airport was still there as sort of a, uh, it was, it wasn't so much, pa- there wasn't a lot of passenger planes coming in and out, but there was a lot of cargo planes and things like that. And they had this funky little place that you came in. It was sort of like an office area, and then it had um, where you could you could check your your cargo and do all the stuff. And it, it was kind of warehousey. Mm-hmm. And they had these racks of books in there to entertain, I guess. And that's where I found Ann Bannon and you know wow. some of the older writers, you know. And, and then, of course, then you're you've got to take it up to the counter to buy it, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking the other way and putting uh-huh. it on the counter. Like. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. So yep. I was in um, an antique store a couple, I guess it was before, you know, the pandemic broke out and, and um, they, this was the first time I had ever seen this. They were selling um, really old uh lesbian novels they were like uh almost like like dime novels um uh-huh, the, the pulp fiction yeah 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 i had never uh-huh. seen anything like that before that was really wild oh that was huge in the 50s yeah. huge yeah and bannon's book um shoot is it odd girl out was one of her first books. I think it was Odd Girl I Out. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, it was the number two bestseller in the whole United States. Wow. Straight and gay. Every, I mean, flat out, open, public, 
uh, and and it costs like twenty five cents, you know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you'd read them, and and they're so cheap that you just leave it on the bus or leave it on the yeah bench, you know, and somebody else would pick it up and read it, and but yeah, she was the number two bestseller. That is wild, really. That is crazy. That yeah, is, I did not realize that. So yeah, so it sounds like you've been. Um, engaged in writing like either formally like informally at first and then on a more formal basis uh, and especially after you started um, Bywater uh, Press right Bywater book, Books um, yeah well yeah um, we start, when I started out I was published by Nyad mm-hmm. and then um, Actually, Kelly um, Smith took over Nyad's uh, authors and and uh, the the storage of all the books and all that stuff. She took that over and started Bella Books, oh. and yeah, and um, and then when she left that, um, I was I published with her for one one or two books, and then um, she left that, and then was moving and doing some things. And then when we got back together, she said, uh, I, I said, well, why don't you start a press, you know, start another press. And she said, I don't know if I've got it in me anymore. And I said, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you. I'll help you. And I, I knew nothing. I was like, just show me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah. You know? So we started uh, Bywater then. And so then those books then followed me over to Bywater and then, I started um, publishing the newer books then, the the most recent books then went with Bywater. Wow, that's awesome. And how long has Bywater been around? Uh, 2004. Okay, awesome. Yep, yep. And um, Spangler works for you, right? Isn't she like your marketing person? Who is Spangler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rachel. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I thought so. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. She's our she's our uh, media guru. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. Great. So um so so Marion, what do you think out of all of your books? Um, what do you think is your best piece of work so far? Oh boy. Um, I know that's a tough one. It is because it depends on the criteria that I use to to judge it. If if I judge by craft mm-hmm. uh technically um you know i i feel like i've improved my craft over the years and so the more recent books should be hopefully um Makes you sense. know better crafted yeah. yeah and and i really uh i felt really good about um tangled roots and um liberators of willow run um both were historic romances um, but had a lot of research and a lot of history involved with it. And, and I really felt, I felt like I upped my game and, and that they, that they succeeded in doing what I wanted them to do. Um, but as far as the impact, um, Love and the Balance, which was the, actually the second book I published, it was the first one I wrote and the second one that got published because it was too long for Nyad. <laughs> but <laughs> it was she was she actually made me um, with love and the balance because I needed to pare it down. 
Um, she said, yeah, just lose 50 pages and I don't care where. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Um, no, you can't tell me that. That's rough. So, yeah. So I, it, it, what I ended up doing is I ended up, those two books really go together. Um, the characters are carried over. Um, and so I was able to end up printing, publishing two books when it probably would have been one when I first started out. So, so Love and the Balance was, um, was based on a hate crime that happened, um, not too far from where I live. And it, it was, I didn't want to dwell on the hate crime, but what I wanted to do was explore how the community reacted. Cause this was in 1993. So, you know, there, we had these little fledgling uh, gay and lesbian organizations um, and, and they didn't have their feet solid on the ground yet. You know, they didn't even know what they could do mm-hmm. and they were just getting started. And I thought, this is, how are they going to react to this? How, because this was a real hate crime. This really happened. Mm. And these two women were killed by their neighbor because he didn't like their lifestyle. Oh my God. And so, yeah. And, so the community was like, you know, geez, how is this, is this guy going to be brought to, to justice? And you really started uh, people marching, which, and they were, of course, all, all gays and lesbians at the time that were marching. And one of the impacts that I see from that book, and it was chosen as one of the books that we put in the documentary, because it really was at that time when we were just feeling our way about, um, what can we do without getting killed ourselves? Yeah. And in fact, one of the, one of the founders of, um, at that time it was called the triangle organization in Detroit. And it was, um, run by two gay men. And one of them was actually shot just standing outside talking to a group of people. Um, and some idiot just walked up and, and fired and yeah, it's, I mean, that kind of, that's the atmosphere that I was writing in at that time and wondering just how, not just how does this affect the families of those people that were killed, but the friends and the, the circle of, of community that was close by. How did that affect them? And what were they going to do from that point? Were they going to roll over and say, there's nothing we can do. We're just going to have to be more careful next time. Um, Or are we going to step out there and take a chance? And one of the questions that I think that book and the reason why we chose it, um, that book was asking a very serious question because the two of the characters in the book could pass, you know, they pass for straight all the time and their jobs and their families and nobody knew they were gay. And, Mm -hmm. and so the question was, don't we need people like that in our community to step out in public and say, Mm -hmm. you don't know how many people this is affecting Mm -hmm. and we need to step out and show them how many people are involved and, and everything. And, And so that was a big question. A lot of people we're, we're rightfully scared to do that. Um, plus mm-hmm. the fact that you lose your jobs, mm-hmm. you, you know, any of your career hopes and dreams and, and plans would all be shot if you came out. Mm-hmm. And 
And so that that's why I think that book had such an impact. It was it was like number one on the Amazon list for a year. It, yeah. it just did really, really well. But I think that's why it was um, it was sensitive and, and it didn't it didn't dwell on the on the hate crime mm-hmm. as much as it dwelled on how what are we going to do? Yeah. How are we going to love? How are we going to you know? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to have. Um, as healthy a relationship as possible and can we do that and still come out and so anyway that's that's the book i think that i probably had more impact with than any of the others so did you grow up in michigan um partly i was born and partly raised in ohio and then we moved to michigan oh yeah we're in ohio oh mansfield oh okay i'm from lima ohio Oh, there you go. Yeah. I know that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. So um, so do you think, like, when you were growing up, was it, like, did you experience that hostile environment, like, personally? Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't ever really come out, come out to parents and family and friends, um, but I started hanging around with people that I knew were gay mm-hmm. and, and we kind of had to do it on the sly. Of course, you know, usually centered around softball or basketball or, mm-hmm. you know, some sport that I was playing and then you would meet other people that way. And, and, um, but yeah, there was the, there was the threat of, um, you're hanging around with, with women too much and, uh, and, and really putting the pressure on me. Wow. Um, yeah, to to have a boyfriend and get married and, you know, go do something like that with your life. Don't be wasting it hanging around all these women and stuff. I mean, this was this was the conversation and, and it got so bad that um I overheard them talking about uh shock therapy and wow. and things like that. And I'm like, mm, I think it's time to leave home. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I at, when I went to college that was it. I was like, yeah. You know, stay clear of yeah. of the family for a few years until things uh, settled down. And um, but I and then I went into teaching, so I couldn't be out there either. So you know, there was always that threat of somebody finding out and mm-hmm. and what it would mean. And and that's why today's Supreme Court decision is so important. I mean, I, I went through my whole career with that fear constantly there and and now these people have the law on their side. well the law was on their side from 1964 but they wouldn't recognize it right yeah you know, the, yeah that that law was in fact i wrote um i wrote a chapter in the, the my most recent release uh chicken rocks i wrote a chapter about that um that law and the fact that i, I had the character who was a, a lawyer taking on a case of a teacher who was fired because she was gay. Oh, wow. And what's the and name of that? She took it to court. Kickin' Rocks. Chicken Rocks? Kicking. Kicking Rocks, okay. Like kick, yeah, like yeah, kickball. Or kick, okay. Yeah, and, yeah and, and, and it was interesting that I, you know, I didn't think, I, I knew that the 1964, you know, that that, that law should cover us, but yeah. it was clear that it they were not going to allow it to cover us. And so I wanted to bring it out. And that's why I wrote it about that case is 
you know, there's no other reason to fire this teacher. This was a fine teacher. The kids loved her. In fact, the kids wrote letters saying they wanted her back, don't fire her, you know, and all of this this stuff and, and the things that she did for her family and the extra things she did for school and all of that stuff was was unimportant in court because they thought that with the law written the way it was, it didn't actually it covered sex. The word sex is in there. Mm-hmm. It covered sex, but not if it, uh, if the school system, the, the ruling in the, in that case was like, if the school system felt that it adversely affected their environment in their learning environment for the children, that they had the right to take her, take her out of her job to fire. Wow. And, even though there was no evidence of anything like that, there was no negative anything. She never spoke about it. Nobody knew until this came out. And so, you know, it it pointed out, I thought it pointed out very clearly how that law was being misused. So, and it's interesting that, that today, finally, 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 after all these years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's long overdue, long overdue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you think about how many people lost their jobs uh, just mm-hmm. for being who they are, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, or, or just, yeah, or just being fearful all the time yeah. of losing your job. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It's horrible, scary. horrible way to live, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's the writing therapy. <laughs> so when when did Kick and Rocks come out? Uh, just this last year. Um, okay. 2019, I can't remember what month, but okay. yeah, it just came out. Yeah, it's my latest one. Awesome. All right. It yeah. sounds like a good yeah. one. And and it also, it is. do you write mostly like historical fiction, would you say? or? Uh... Uh, it's a mix. Um I, they have a hard time putting me in a category, okay. you know, like when they when they enter books into award things and stuff like that. It's like, well, what is this? I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, historical. Uh, the the two for sure, uh, the Liberators and Dang Roots are definitely historic, but they are romances. They're love stories mm-hmm. um, taking place back in the time. Um, Liberators is during World War Two and. Um, uh, Tangled Roots takes place in Atlanta, Georgia, in the early 1900s. Um, where it's, it's it's a mix. It's a it's a biracial relationship, um, which there's not a whole lot of those out there. No. Um, which is kind of you know I I really wanted to explore that, and most of the kick and rocks has a little history in it too because you, you follow an older character. You go back in. In uh, I alternate chapters where you can go back and you see her life as she's growing up and how different it is from the millennial couple that she's you know that have befriended her and need her advice and stuff and and she's just an old tired warrior who's just like you know I fought those fights all those years I'm tired and they're like but they're doing this to us <laughs> and she's like. Okay, take a breath. Um, <laughs> sit down. I don't want to. I don't want to hear any whining or crying about it. Um, I'll tell you what we did, and maybe we can figure out something to do here. And 
So it, it, it does have a little history um, mm-hmm. in it, but but most of it takes place in contemporary it, time. It, when I, I, I think you have this um, overarching, I'll say, element of of romance, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I would definitely say you're a romance writer, but um, yeah, you do you you don't fit into that traditional niche, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a hard time. Somebody, put, I put kicking rocks out, and um, uh, it got entered. Oh gosh, I don't know which it was GCLS or someplace. It got entered into uh, blended romance, and and somebody wrote a review on Amazon, and their title is "This is not a romance." <laughs> thought, okay. Wow. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> mm, okay. So yeah, it's kind of. I guess they have a hard time. I, you know, I just write what I write. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Yeah. But I guess you that know, reader. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Right. Hopefully, the readers get what they want from it, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully, there's enough meat there that. You know, if they want to go deeper and they want to think deeper about what's, the, like I said, about the, the questions that were being asked uh, in Love and the Balance. If if you want to just enjoy the love story, you can. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You don't have to think about that. And you don't have to, I'm not forcing anybody to make any decisions or anything, you know, but but it, but it's there if you want to think about it, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think... Um, readers like have a certain expectation and then you know it it doesn't really fall into that uh more traditional you know genre and so um you know maybe it's just not for them but you know yeah um, so you've been you've been around for a while right um, yeah, <laughs> and it's <laughs> a nice way to say it. <laughs> How would you're you... old and tired? <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> How would you say that? Um, you know the the lesbic and the the whole LGBT publishing industry um, has changed um, over the years. Um, you know, oh, it has. Yeah. yeah. I, it really has. I um, see people self-publishing now. And, mm-hmm. um, yep. You know, that's something that you just, you wouldn't even do before, right? Yeah, partly because the technology was so bad that the product that you put out, not necessarily the quality of the writing, but the quality of the product itself yeah. was pretty bad, yeah. you know, didn't fall apart. You know, it yeah. just literally fell apart because there wasn't the good um, machinery and stuff that they've got now that they, I mean, they put out a polished book and it looks and feels like a book that is published anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, that has helped. But by having, I mean, there's a lot more presses. Mm-hmm. Um, they put out a lot of books and with, self-publishing on top of that there's just a ton of books out there yeah that normally you know i mean when when people got that 
little catalog from NIAD in the mail, and it had, well, what, maybe four new books that month or something. I mean, I, I'm not sure how many they did, but, you know, it, it was limited. And they, every month, they looked forward to that catalog because that's basically what was out there. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the few smaller presses, you'd have to go look for them. Yeah. You know, um, they might have been putting out one or two books that you shouldn't miss mm-hmm. because they're fantastic books, but finding them was another story. Yeah. yeah. So now, I mean, you go to Amazon, you mm-hmm. go online, you, you check people's websites. Um, there's just tons of advertising. Social media has opened it wide up so you can promote your stuff all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as you don't get sickening about it, you know, and, and people get tired of all you're doing is promoting your book instead of socializing a little. You know? <laughs> there, there is a rule. You got to find and, a uh, balance, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and Rachel is really good at, um, you know, teaching our authors, especially our new authors coming in, teaching them that balance, you know, and mm-hmm. like here you can, you can really use this to your benefit, but you don't want to overuse it because people will just get tired of hearing it, you yeah. know? And, yeah. But yeah, there's all of that. I mean, we used to depend on uh, the gatekeepers to to know whether or not we were uh, good writers, I guess you'd say, whether or not we were... Um, we should be publishing, mm-hmm. you know, or not, or if, if we should just wasting our time and we shouldn't do it. Um, and those gatekeepers were first, the small publishing businesses that were out there, but second were the, um, the uh, critical reviewers that were employed by magazines, gay and lesbian magazines and newspapers. Mm-hmm all over the place and they would have their people in place that, you know, critiqued the books coming out. And because there weren't as many books as we had now, they could do an adequate job of, of reading them or posting reviews and stuff. And, you know, if you got a, a couple two or three good reviews and you're like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. And the publisher is happy that, mm-hmm. You're selling books and they're getting good reviews, but then if if you got some nasty reviews, it, it sort of tell, tells you and the publisher you need to change something here. Yeah. Um, you know, it, so they were kind of the gatekeepers, and we really don't have that now. Um, we've got a lot of good reviewers out there. Yeah. Um, but you know now it's it's changed. It's online. They aren't answering to anybody. No, they can they can write their reviews the way they see them. Mm-hmm. We have people like you doing good podcast uh, shows and all kinds of things that we didn't have then that really give you a chance to get out there and talk to readers and yeah. um, let readers know a little bit about what you're planning to write and. Mm-hmm. And a little bit about you personally. I'm I'm always kind of leery about doing too much, but mm-hmm. um, but I think that's good. I think people um, they really want that, and and I see that when we, of course, we didn't go to any conventions this year, but every year when we do go to conventions, um, 
you see a lot of people coming in because they want to personally meet you. Mm-hmm. They want to personally sit down and talk with you or listen to you. And, and that's all available now that we didn't have then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember as a little baby dyke going up to Provincetown and there was nothing like what's going on now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so true. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, you you just never met, uh, you know, authors. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I ran into Rita Mae Brown in Giovanni's room in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was so cool. I'll bet it was. Yeah. I'll yeah. bet. Yeah. She was just. <laughs> She's a hoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She is really a hoot. She's a pistol. We, she, oh, my God. She had us laughing so hard in the, the interview that we did for that documentary. She just she just wants she wants to make people laugh yeah she you know ruby fruit jungle for all its groundbreaking stuff that that it brought out it was still really a fun book Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know there was a lot of good humor in there and and she keeps talking about that yeah well people don't don't they don't you know, recognize how funny this is. <laughs> I said, no, I think they do. I think a lot of people do. Oh, uh, yeah. I used to have a, a Ruby Fruit Jungle bumper sticker when I was really young. <laughs> there you go. I know. Nobody <laughs> knew what it was. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and um, what was uh, the sequel to that was uh, Six of One? Yeah. It's yeah. the one. I remember being on a plane and reading that and laughing out loud. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like... Oh, that was good. I I enjoyed that one. I think more than Ruby Fruit, really. Yeah, yeah. She she does have a good sense of humor. She definitely does. Yeah. So so Marianne. Yes. If you could go back in time, right, and you could tell your younger self something mm-hmm. that you'd need to know now, what would that be? Mm-hmm. I would tell myself that having to lie about who I am Mm -hmm. is going to be self-preservation for a long time. But eventually I'm going to be free to be who I am. Yeah. Yep. It gets better. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. It does. But when you're young and you're scared and, you know, all the things that you're worried about and you don't know which way to go on it and, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel. It sure is. Because, you know, most young people, you're you're living in the moment, right? Um, mm-hmm. Right. And, and so it is very difficult to, to look beyond what's happening now. Um, but, you know, I remember a few years ago that uh, there was that uh, message that was going around, it gets better. Uh, it was a campaign uh, to stop oh, yeah. uh, LGBT suicide. Uh, and I think that was so important and so impactful for, um, mm-hmm. you know, older LGBT folks to say, hey, look, I've been through this, this, you know, it, I know what you're going through and it does get better and, and, and life, right. life can be great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you think about how many, <laughs> our suicide rate is just horrible. It's, it's horrible mm-hmm. in the gay community and, you know, and with, mental health and and uh, the resources that have been cut since way back, starting with Reagan, and they just 
slashed and burned it, you know, and mm-hmm. it, we've never recovered from that. We don't have those resources. Um, we we have a, a an organization in Detroit um, that does that does work with the with gay youth mm-hmm. and gives them a place to, to come and everything and and counselors to talk with them and um, if they're in an unsafe home or they've been kicked out. Um, but it, but it's it's come down to to the resources have to come from private sources. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard, you know, to keep something like that going over the years. And yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. those grassroots organizations, you know, rely on, you know, donors and, you know, grants. And that's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of waxes and wanes, you know. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, um, I think we're, we're coming near the end here. Um, and I'm just wondering, uh, Marianne, if you have some parting words for our listeners today. I do. Because I'm going to do, I'm going to do this too. So this is for all of us. All right. I, I think first things first, we need to stay safe. We need to wash our hands. We need to distance ourselves. We need to wear our masks. And we need to do what a young Robert Louis Stevenson did. He let books take him to places he couldn't go. Ah, that is awesome. That is great, great advice. All right. And very timely. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. So... Well, Marianne, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. Um, it really well, has. Thank you. And uh, I've enjoyed it. I I look forward to the documentary. Um, oh yes. And that is called "In Her Words." Yes. And I look forward to checking out uh, "Kicking Rocks." Um, All right. Your latest release, and then yep. your works to come too. Well, yay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So I'm Anita Kelly, and that's all for today. And thank you for joining Let's Talk About Books, Baby. And until next time, may your journey be lighthearted and peace be plenty and stay safe, folks.